Good morning. It's great to have you here with us to worship this morning. Let's stand up and sing together. Holy is the Lord. his name together this morning let's let's bow our heads and pray dear lord we thank you for this glorious day and we thank you for the wonderful weather that we've been having and just all the time that we have to spend with family and friends and the time that we have to spend with you lord let us just use this day to glorify your name in your name i pray amen
Turn to those next to you. And children, come forward. Join us for a few moments for sharing. everybody doing? Oh yeah, that's what I can tell. Okay, so this morning we're going to read from 1 John 1, 9. Are you ready? It's, it's got some big words in it. Okay, if we confess our sins, do you know what confess means? Yeah. What does it, what does it mean? If we tell, confess is kind of like tell. Tell something that we kind of are keeping to ourselves. If we confess our badness, yep. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive. Who are we talking about when we say he? Jesus. We're talking about God, Jesus, when we say he. Okay. If we confess our sins, if we tell of our badness, he is faithful. God is faithful and will forgive us of our sins and all kind of the ugly stuff we do. And that's just kind of paraphrasing. That's not exactly what the Bible says. I mean, that's what the Bible says, but I'm just using different words. Okay. All right. So, confess. I don't, kind of, I don't understand that all the time. It's kind of big, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. What's this? Bib. It is. Ryan's let me borrow it this morning. I'm going to put it on. And I have Bailey's too, but it's just a little too tight on me. So, okay, so I've got a bib here, and I love to eat spaghetti. I love to eat spaghetti, but you know what? It is so messy. Eli, will you hold the microphone for me right here? Thank you. Uh oh, I got it. I just poured it on myself. Uh oh. <laughs> That's funny. But it's also messy. So, okay, wait a minute. So, I, I wore this. Why did I wear this bib? I wore it so I wouldn't get dirty. I tried really hard not to get dirty, but I still got dirty. Kind of knew that it was going to happen because I'm human and I just, and I'm messy. I'm really messy. So, um, so I wore this bib so that I wouldn't get my shirt dirty, okay? Okay, now let's think about the verse we just read. Okay, so when I wear my bib, it's kind of like having Jesus with me. And, tell, and then I'm going to say, Jesus, will you forgive me for dropping the spaghetti on my shirt? Because I tried really hard not to, but I did because I'm human. So sometimes all we have to do is ask God for forgiveness. 
okay? So sometimes, sometimes I say, say things that are not nice, that are kind of mean. Yeah, and so, like, say, say I, Greg was playing with his computer, and I really wanted to play with his computer, and I just took it from his lap. That's not really nice. No, that's not nice. It's kind of like stealing, yeah. And so then I, then I realize, I feel kind of guilty, and I realize that I've done something really mean, and I say, Greg, will you forgive me? And he does, because he's really good like that. And so wearing, wearing our bib is kind of like, or having a bib on is kind of like having Jesus with you and saying, okay, I know I'm human and I know I'm going to do some things that aren't, aren't the nicest. Sometimes I'm going to say mean things to my sister, but, but I'm going to ask for forgiveness, okay? And my shirt's going to stay clean. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for being in our lives and allowing us to... Um, have you as, as our, our point that cleans us and makes us whole. And we ask that you be with all of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, go to your mommies. If you have a whole bunch of bibs, is that a bibliography? Good morning. <clears throat> it's good to see all of you here today for this time of, of worship. Um, hope that you'll hang around for the other good stuff going on in the church today. Sunday school for all ages in a few minutes. And then our 11 o'clock uh, traditional worship service in our sanctuary. Children's activities this afternoon. Uh, that resumes tonight. But there's a slight change in location. Kids, please meet Miss Jessica and Miss Katie in the gym. Come to the gym at 5.30 this afternoon. Parents, you will drop off and pick up your kids in the Family Life Center also. So we're having one place to come and, and then um, one place to pick up. And, of course, the youth are meeting and the adults in Bible studies too. More announcements in a minute, but let me first give you a chance to share prayer concerns that you might have. Uh, we will be glad as a community of faith to join you in praying for your concerns. If you will write something down on an index card that we hand you in a minute, we will share that together. If you raise your hand, our ushers are coming along with uh, index cards to give you. And add, tell them if you need a pencil as well. And um, write something down that, that you don't mind me repeating. And um, we will share your concern together. Education Council will meet today at 3 p.m. in the Social Hall. Council on Ministries meets at 4 today in the Social Hall. Um, what else? Let's see. Saturday night next week, Saturday night at 6 o'clock, children's basketball teams will be meeting here for a supper which will be provided. Now, this is not youth. This is little children who played basketball for the church team just last year, um, will meet at 6 o'clock on Saturday night for the banquet. That's this coming Saturday night. Um, two weeks from today, we're going to be having a board meeting after the 11 o'clock service, so you need to know about that. Uh, confirmation class for rising, uh, well, for kids who are currently in the sixth grade and older. We'll start next Sunday afternoon at 5.30. Um, if, the youth, if the children will just come here with the other children, I'll meet you and we'll start our confirmation class. <sighs> what else? Kevin, I think, has announcements to, to bring to us this morning. Kevin, recently of MC fame on the Cheerful Hearts uh, dinner. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good. I'm glad that night at the Cheerful Hearts you weren't telling jokes. That, that bibliography might be one of your worst. That goes on the all-time worst list, doesn't it, Jimmy? Jeez. But for all that came out last Sunday night, we had a really good time. I hope everyone here enjoyed it. Um, I want to take a quick moment to thank all of you that came and also the businesses and individuals that donated and also take a moment to 
thank our class, the cross training class, from um, helping set up, prepare, and then clean up. It was a, a great evening of fun and fellowship and food. Um, just to give a little background, last year at our event, um, we gave towards the general budget and towards Greer Community Ministries. Last year, we were able to raise $3,000 for the general budget and then give $700 and some change to the Greer Community Ministries. Um, this year, we changed our focus where we wanted to donate all the proceeds to the general budget uh, because of the needs there. And I will be happy to say that the Lord continues to bless this church and continues to bless that event that we have that night because um, after all our expenses and everything, I'm very happy to say that we raised $4,175. So I'll be going towards the church budget. I really appreciate the church getting behind this event and just it's a really good time. And again, God is good. Thank you. And speaking of some bad jokes, though, I, you know, that wasn't me telling them that night. <laughs> I think probably the best comment made the other night was young adult Eric Four kept bidding on a, a motel to book a motel room down in Greenville and Somebody said, Eric, what, what's going on? And he said, I want to get Jack and Betsy out of the house. Yeah. And so we all decided it's going to be a party at the forehouse sometime in the future. <laughs> anyway, it was a night of fun. And, and uh, some people, some of you folks just made such wonderful, generous donations of crafts and valuable merchandise to help us. Uh, Sun School class did a great job with what they did, but you all in the church did a wonderful job to help with this, and uh, it certainly makes it a fun-filled and a rewarding night when we do this. We thank you. Uh, if you have your prayer requests uh, ready, if you would uh, hold them up, our ushers will collect them now. Do we have any other announcements to share? Am I forgetting anything? you pinch that baby? I bet you. <laughs> Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we are thankful for this day. How good it is to be together in a with a group of companions where we share love and joy and peace together and enjoy your presence and your participation with us in life. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we might participate with you in the work of your kingdom and make ourselves available to you in all the days of our lives so that we might be of service to others and to you and that somehow we might spread the love of God in, in the lives of others in, in these wonderful days in which we live. We pray these special prayers for this day. We pray for troops in harm's way and their families and loved ones. We pray that you would put your healing hands on Randy's brother. We pray for good CAT scan results for Neil Weiss on Wednesday. We give you thanks and praise for Clay Thornburg getting to go home from the hospital. We pray for Scotty Hannon. We pray for Trevor, Colton, Gwen, and Terry as they work through some difficulties. We pray for a couple going through a divorce and their children. We pray for those having marriage difficulties and those who are sick. We pray for Hilda. We pray for her, Hilda Manassian, and some upcoming back surgery, and for friend Susan, who has flu and pneumonia. 
We pray for family and friends who are seeking jobs, for Jake and Patterson's continued healing. We pray for Mrs. Pinson who had hip surgery. We pray for a friend who has cancer. Lord, these are our prayers through Jesus Christ who has taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It is uh, good to have speaking to us today the youth director of uh, Memorial Church and the pastor of Slater United Methodist Church. Recently returned from a ski trip. I'm glad to see him walking today. Yes, and I am not 30. Oh, I'm going to be 29 for the next few years. So, Now, our scripture lesson for today comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 through 48. Hear now the word of the Lord. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The word of God for the people of God. The military is comprised of soldiers of various ranks, but no matter what rank one holds, the requirements of discipline and commitment must be in place in order for any branch of the U.S. military to function properly. I've often found it odd that we only celebrate and recognize such discipline and commitment on just a couple of days out of the year. And so, if you have served or are currently serving in any branch of the U.S. military, would you please stand up? If you have loved ones or relatives who have served or are currently serving in any branch of the U.S. military, would you please stand up as well? Let us recognize the discipline and commitment that these men and women have shown in serving our country or supporting those who have served our country. That's a good start to today's sermon. I like to get people standing up and clapping. And now I, there's more congregational participation on the way, um, so be warned. Um, I know you must be wondering what in the world all this military talk has to do with the scripture for today. But as I was thinking this past week, I was, I was thinking about that old song, I'm in the Lord's Army. I'm not going to sing it for you, but, but you, you may be familiar with it. I may never shoot the artillery, you know, riding the cavalry, all that. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? I think that that's a children's song, but... We forget what it means as we grow older. But I assure you it takes a similar amount of discipline and commitment to be in the Lord's Army as it does to be in any branch of the U.S. military. Now over the past couple of weeks we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And our passage for today comes from the Sermon on the Mount. And Arthur's been kind of guiding us through this Sermon on the Mount. And you know when you think about it, Arthur is our pastor is a lot like our commanding officer. Or maybe even a very subdued drill sergeant, if you will. I mean that as a compliment, Arthur. Very subdued drill sergeant. In all seriousness, though, we are blessed to have Arthur as our pastor here at Memorial. We do have to endure quite a bit of bad jokes, as Kevin said earlier. But 
we are very blessed. I know personally, I'm not sure I would be where I am today if it wasn't for his guidance and wisdom. Yes, I did say wisdom. Um, but anyway, Arthur's been leading us through this Sermon on the Mount, and I hope that we can recapture some of what it means to be in the Lord's army as we look at this passage. I know you're still wondering what this has to do with the military, but this passage actually has a lot of military overtones in it. Jesus' commands may seem absurd and kind of radical, as Arthur said last week, but they have a lot of military overtones. This passage is actually filled with military illusions. Think, take, for instance, the teaching at the end of this section. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. The first thing that we have to realize is that the Jews that Jesus was talking to, they were under Roman rule. The Roman military in particular was the major enemy of the Jewish population. They were oppressed by foreign rulers. Constant presence of Roman soldiers throughout Jerusalem and all of Judea was a reminder that they were not free. And as conquering armies often do, the Romans gave the Jews little to no respect and often abused their authority and power. And so Jesus' teaching in this section of the Sermon on the Mount addressed with his followers how they were to deal with their enemies. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Arthur mentioned that the law, the Old Testament law, had two main purposes. The first purpose was to promote safety and orderliness in society. And the second purpose was to show us our sinfulness. And Arthur really expounded about how Jesus updated commands, where he would take a, an Old Testament command and say, you've heard it said, and then he said, but I say. That updated form of command, Arthur really expounded about how that served to re-emphasize the purpose of the law, which was to show us our sin. And not just to show us our sin, but ultimately to show us that we can't do it. We cannot uphold the letter or the spirit of the law. We just can't do it. We need God's grace and forgiveness in our lives in order to do so. And I really found Arthur's perspective on, on Jesus kind of taking a different slant on those Old Testament commandments to be very enlightening. Because it leads us to the point, the first thing that we need to do is acknowledge that we can't follow those laws. Both the Old Testament and the updated ones that Jesus gives us. And so we need to come before God and confess our sin and our failure to live by both the letter and the spirit of the law. And then perhaps we can move on. Because Jesus didn't just show us these updated commands to show us our sinfulness. The other purpose of the law was to promote safety and orderliness. And so since we have them, we ought to try and live by them. Even if we can't fulfill them completely, we need to try to live by these commands. And I assure you, it does take discipline and commitment. But I believe if we'll apply discipline and commitment, we can recapture what it means to be in the Lord's army and deal with our current modern-day enemies. Now, first, I want you to remember that the Jews were under foreign rule. And they lived very much and held fast to an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth type of mentality when it came to dealing with their enemies. And so it must have been quite shocking when Jesus said, turn the other cheek. It must have really rocked their world. Because most people don't know it, but in Jewish culture, ancient Jewish culture, one of the most degrading acts was a slap to the face. It was a very shameful act. And yet, under Roman rule, it was a common punishment that the military soldiers, that the Roman soldiers would inflict upon the inhabitants of whatever occupied territory. And so this was something they dealt with on a daily basis. And here we have Jesus asking his disciples and his followers to offer themselves, their pride and their dignity, to the governing powers and to their enemies, the Romans. It's a very difficult thing for us to apply to our lives today because we're not under the oppression of foreign rule. Now, some may say we're under the oppression of domestic rule, but that's another matter altogether. But it's hard for us to apply something when we don't have a physical presence of enemies all around us. Maybe the next command will help us see if there's... Maybe it'll shed some light on how we can apply these radical concepts to 
our current situation. Because the next commandment is, if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give them your cloak as well. Seems like things are getting a little radical. Maybe even absurd, these commands that Jesus is giving the Jews. Why would he ask them to give beyond that which they were being sued for? Was he simply reiterating his earlier teaching, if you'll recall from the Sermon on the Mount, where he, he taught them that they needed to settle matters quickly, legal matters? He said, if you're on your way to court with your adversary, then settle up, lest you get to court and he turn you over to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. But was Jesus really teaching his disciples that they needed to lay down their rights? Was this the way they were to fight the corrupt form of justice that they were being subjected to? Don't fight back? Again, it sounds kind of absurd. And again, I wonder what Jesus was hoping this type of action would accomplish in the lives of his followers. So it may seem like we're 0 for 2 in what determining how these commands of Jesus can apply to our life. Maybe this next one will, will help. Maybe it'll give us a revelation. If anyone forces you to go one mile, then go also the second mile. We're all familiar with this one. We may be getting somewhere. This one might can apply to our lives, right? You may have heard it said that Roman law, a Roman law was that a Roman soldier could force or compel a citizen of an occupied territory to carry their equipment, their armor and weapons and such, for up to one mile. Now here we have Jesus telling the Jews that if you want to be in my army, if you want to be a citizen of my kingdom, you must not only submit yourself to the enemy soldier's mandate, you got to double it and go the extra mile. This is where we get our modern phrase, go the extra mile. Of course, we've kind of twisted it a little bit. Nowadays, it means to go above and beyond and give our best effort to really do the extra. But although those are good things, that's not what Jesus originally meant. Not really. He was talking about going the extra mile, doing all those things to fulfill the wishes of your enemies. That's a little bit different than the way we look at it today. Again, absurd maybe and very radical. Next we have that Jesus says, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. I thought of this proverb as I was thinking about all the, the commandments of Jesus and how they kind of relate. It's a kill them with kindness kind of attitude toward your enemies. So I want you to think for just a moment about your enemies. Your physical enemies. For some it may be difficult. You may not think in those terms of actually having enemies. For some it may come so easy it's actually uncomfortable. You know who your enemies are. And you've heard the phrase, kill them with kindness. And I think that that's a point of application here. That we can kill them with kindness. Go above and beyond in giving them their wishes. But is, is just a reward from the Lord, as the proverb says, is that all Jesus was really hoping to accomplish by teaching this? I'm not sure. As we look at his further commands, we see that Jesus says, to give to everyone who begs from you. And do not refuse anyone who, who wants to borrow from you. Increasingly absurd, these commands. Give to everyone, we would all be broke. Anybody who wants to borrow, anybody who asks of us, we're to give to them. What could Jesus mean by this type of action? Then we hear that he, we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. This we can do. We can lift up our enemies in prayer. Now, oftentimes we may want to pray that harm would come to them or that they would get what they deserve. Lord, give them what they deserve. But you know that's not what Jesus was talking about. No, Jesus was talking about actually caring about your enemies. That's very radical. Caring about those who persecute you. As radical as it is, though, 
we can make a commitment here today to apply it to our lives. If we'll start by just offering those people who are enemies up in prayer, perhaps over time we'll begin to care about them and move towards what Jesus was talking about. And then we have, I believe, the most applicable of all the commandments in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, If you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? I think that the key to understanding the radical and seemingly absurd concepts of Jesus and commands of Jesus in this in all the previous commands in the Sermon on the Mount is found in this verse right here. Notice that Jesus says, What more are you doing than others? That is the key. If we're to be in the Lord's army, then we need to see that the point of all this teaching is that we are to be doing more than others, more than our enemies, more than those in the evil world around us. We have to be doing more. And so I propose that there is a third purpose of the law, and that is to set us apart. Because if we will follow both the letter and the spirit of the law, we'll become something altogether different than those around us. Now we know we can't do it perfectly, but we need to try. And in trying, we might actually become radical or absurd to those in the world around us. To be in the Lord's army requires a different way of thinking. And it does indeed require discipline and commitment to fulfill Jesus' commands, to even attempt to fulfill them. And we see that in this commandment we just looked at about greeting others, we fall very short, oftentimes. But we can fix that here today. I told you there was some more congregational participation coming. We can fix the fact that we fall short on that command here today. Because in churches all across this country, every Sunday morning, we as believers sit in the same room, sing the same songs, listen to the same long-winded preachers, and worship the same God as people who we haven't even spoken to. We may not even know yet. And so I'm going to propose something that may seem a little absurd, maybe even a little radical. But in a few moments, we're going to have another time of greeting where you can get up, and I would like for you to consider going to somebody who you haven't had a chance to speak to yet today. Maybe introduce yourself to somebody new. Spend a few moments just talking with them, seeing how their weekend or their week has gone. And ask each other if there's anything that you can pray for or pray about for each other over the coming week. Let's do more than others. Let's be more than others. Let's be radical. Let's be absurd. Let's greet each other again.
I do realize that as Methodists, we could do this for hours. <laughs> but take your time, but if you can make your way back to your seats. Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. <laughs> I have unleashed a beast. In conclusion, we may find that in passages like today, we're so far removed from, from that ancient culture that it's difficult to apply Jesus' teachings to our lives because we don't have the constant presence of enemies. We aren't under foreign oppression. We don't have to, to deal with legal matters all that often where people are suing us. But we can pray for those who persecute us. We can love our enemies, and we can greet others, those who are outside of our normal group of of friends and acquaintances and family. Now, we may never be able to fulfill the last commandment that Jesus gives us in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. If you'll recall, He says to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. We can't do that. We can never be perfect as God is perfect. And thank God that He gives us the grace and the forgiveness that we need if we'll just admit that. But just because we can't be perfect doesn't mean that we should just throw out the letter and the spirit of the law that Jesus is talking about. We need to try to live by these things. We need to strive for that standard that He sets. And we start by making sure that we are doing more and being more than others in this world around us who do not call Christ their Lord and Savior. That's where it starts. And it does indeed take discipline and commitment to be in the Lord's army. Let's treat it with seriousness as we move forward and carry out our marching orders. Amen. Will you stand with me and respond in proclamation to the Word using our Apostles' Creed? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, we will worship together through the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Please rise. There's a peace I've come to know Though my heart and flesh may fail There's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has overcome And the grave is overwhelmed commandments, listening to his way, and putting his words into practice. Amen. Have a great week.